0: Carol Gold.
1: House subcommittee investigations of witnesses that took place on Capitol Hill. The first was the whistleblower testimony that was before um, Representative Comer's House Select Oversight Committee. And the other one is the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which I'll get to second. But let me go back to the whistleblower's testimony, which was on Wednesday. Two whistleblowers came forward, one from the IRS and one from the FBI, and they came forward to say that there was, in essence, interference and obstruction of the investigation of information that related to Hunter Biden, that everything they did normally in the course of investigations in their particular agency- agencies was either circumvented or blocked by superiors, and by other departments, meaning the Department of Justice, headed by Merrick Garland. I watched these two men testify. Now, one of them, it turns out, is a Democrat, and he's gay. This was shocking to the Democrats, and they had a tough time with this one because they couldn't say that it was politically motivated. And it was very clear from both that particular witness and the other witness that they were pained by what they were doing, pained because they had to make decisions in their lives about whether they were going to be safe and keep quiet or whether they were going to stand up for what they believed in, for what the oaths that they took represented for the agencies that they worked for and for what they believe in terms of principles and values in their own lives, independent of the oaths that they took. When you watch people, you get a different impression than you do when you read a cold transcript of what they said. I first came to learn this when I became an attorney, because if you have a witness on the witness stand, you get to make certain observations about their physical behavior when they're testifying, their eye movements, what they call micro-expressions, things that happen on their face, that give you an indication of their sincerity, It's why a jury gets to have an opportunity to evaluate evidence, meaning testimony brought forth by a witness, because the jury not only gets to hear the facts of the testimony, they get to evaluate the veracity, the truthfulness, the honesty, the credibility of the witness. When a case is taken up on appeal, that opportunity is gone, Because on appeal, all that an appeals court sees is the written record. They never get to experience what it was like to evaluate the witness who gave it. And testimony written only, reading the text, is a very different experience, which is why on appeal, courts don't overrule what juries do with any kind of ease And there are restrictions on the grounds on which appeals court can overrule. And one of the things they can overrule is the credibility of the witnesses because they didn't have the opportunity to make that judgment. Okay, I share all of that because I watched these two men and it was very clear that they were doing something that they knew was forever going to alter their lives. And in fact... The witness who was gay has already received all kinds of hate, email and Facebook and et cetera, places that he is publicly available. He and his husband have been inundated with hate. And as he said, from the left, that's where the hate's coming from. Because you're not allowed to tell the truth from the left if it hurts the political agenda. Because it's no longer about principle and ethics for the left, what it's now about is power. These men were telling the truth if I had to evaluate their credibility, their honesty, their integrity. And I believe that they came forth with sufficient documented evidence in terms of emails and contemporaneous notes that were taken at the time of meetings that they attended that throw a real shadow on what has happened in the investigation into Hunter Biden's laptop from when it first became known to the FBI in October of 2019 all the way through today. Now, there was something very interesting about the testimony of these two whistleblowers because, as you can imagine, the left has railed against them, just railed against them and done everything it can do to discredit these two men, men who were previously respected and acknowledged in the excellence of the work they performed in the agencies for which they worked. I find this ironic and telling if you compare it to what happened during the hearings that preceded the Trump impeachment in the Democratic House, or actually during the House impeachment hearings. Retired Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, if you remember, came forward and testified against Donald Trump about a specific phone call. And you'll remember this phone call because Donald Trump is forever referring to it as the perfect phone call. Well, Vinman, when he testified, admitted that he broke the chain of command in the military. He illegally leaked the contents of the phone call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky, who was newly elected... And he broke that chain of command, and he leaked those contents to a whistleblower in order to jumpstart the Ukraine investigation that led to the impeachment of Donald Trump. Now, I want to make two points about this. Number one, the left held up Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman as a hero. A hero for breaking the military chain of command and for illegally leaking the contents of a presidential phone call. Yet at the same time, the left excoriates these two men for coming out and documenting and supporting through their first hand knowledge testimony how the Hunter Biden laptop investigation has been obstructed. I can't reconcile those two approaches. But there's something even more stunning about what Vindman did, and it's this. Yesterday, Senator Grassley came forward and released a document called an FD-1023, which is a document filed with the FBI that is filed by confidential human sources who are relied upon and trusted by the FBI to communicate information that is helpful to the security of the United States. That FD-23 was first denied by the FBI as even existing. And they denied it for several months, and then they acknowledged that they had it, but they didn't know where it was, and then they said they had it, and they knew where it was, but they weren't going to release it. And then they said they had it, and they knew where it was, and they wouldn't release it, but they would let... Congress and the Senate come look at it at the FBI. Ultimately, Senator Grassley came into possession of the FD-23 itself, and yesterday he released it. This is why it is so critically important what Vinman did. I'll tie it all together for you in a moment, but let me tell you what the FD-23 says. The confidential human source who was trusted by the FBI, known by the FBI, used by the FBI in the past, indicated that he was in Ukraine and that he was in the presence of executives from Burisma and also government officials from the Ukrainian government back in 2019, and that the FD-23 makes the allegation that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden Each got paid $5 million when Joe Biden was vice president. The FD23 specifically mentions Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and says that they were paid so that Burisma and its corrupt activities could enter into a mutual gas and oil lease agreement with a U.S. company. They were payoff payments to buy off the vice president, now president, of the United States. Here's what is so incredibly disturbing about all of this. And I left out something else. The confidential human source says that the individual, the government official, and I don't have the name in front of me, but it exists, you can find the article, it's everywhere. At least it's everywhere, if not on mainstream media, it's everywhere else on the internet. That the Ukrainian official who spoke to the confidential human source, in whose presence all of this was said, claims to have, I think, seven or ten tape recordings that directly implicate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, tape recordings. Now, until those tapes are released, or until there is corroborating evidence to what the FD 1023 says, it still remains an allegation. I believe we will eventually get one or both of those. However, here's what's so incredible about this. When Donald Trump spoke with the newly elected president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, and he asked him to look into corruption between the Bidens, between the former vice president and Ukraine and Burisma, that's the call it was used to impeach Donald Trump. That's the call that Vindman leaked. That's the call that Vindman went over the chain of command, violated the military chain of command to get a U.S. president impeached. And that, in fact, is the call upon which the House of Representatives, Democratic majority, impeached Donald Trump. If it turns out that, in fact, that call was rightfully done, because Trump had reason to believe what the 1023 alleges, then not only is the President of the United States guilty of corruption, guilty of money laundering, guilty of tax evasion, but he's also guilty of treason. I don't say that easily. That is a horrific outcome but it certainly looks like it's the direction we're going in. And if he, all of that is true, then Donald Trump was wrongfully impeached, and that impeachment should be voided. His presidency was taken down through a combination of events, an interesting combination of events, and his impeachment was affected through a series of events and players who now look like bad actors. And I don't mean that in the sense of Hollywood. I mean it in the sense of their intention and their actions. We're in the middle of something potentially very dark. It's in your interest and it's in my interest to find out the truth of all of this. Our country is at stake. The other hearing that I watched was the House Judiciary Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. Again, I watched all of the Democratic members of the House on the panel not ask questions about the content and the substance of the testimony of the witnesses, the witnesses being Robert F. Kennedy Jr., The female journalist who broke the laptop from hell story for the New York Post or who who broke it for actually Breitbart News and the New York Post broke the story. And the attorney who is representing the plaintiff in the case in which the court just ruled that the United States government clearly interfered with free speech and which the appellate court has temporarily lifted a stay that would have prevented the federal government from continuing to communicate with social media companies to censor speech until the full case is heard. The Democratic members of the House, again, asked no questions about the content of the witness's testimony They spent all of their time character assassinating the individuals. It was disgusting. It was embarrassing. It was a disgrace for Congress. The Democrats don't care. And I don't like talking about Democrats versus Republicans because you and I both know there are corrupt people in both parties, and maybe both parties are irretrievably corrupt. I don't know. Because certainly there are enough Republicans who are staying silent through some of these hearings, and particularly from the Senate, Mitch McConnell, and those who have been in the leading edges of the Republican Party, both in the House and the Senate, have been noticeably silent where they should be out front and center leading this charge to get to the bottom of the truth of these issues. I don't know what will happen, and as I said, I don't like talking about Democrats versus Republicans for the reasons that I said. But in this particular instance, I can't talk about it any other way. It was disgraceful what they did, this character assassination of these witnesses, because they're not interested. They weren't interested in getting at the truth. They were only interested in getting rid of the witnesses. Nothing could be more telling of that to get rid of the witnesses, to keep the American public from hearing their testimony about deplatforming and canceling and harassing people who are trying to do what is right for the country, than what was done by Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Democratic Congresswoman from Florida, I believe it is. She raised a motion before the hearing even started that it should be moved to executive session. Now, what would that mean? Executive session would mean that it would only be heard by the subcommittee itself. The public would not know of the testimony. There would be no cameras. There would be no microphones. If you honestly believe that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was as reprehensible, was as anti-Semitic, was as despicable, despicable, was as lying an individual as Debbie Wasserman Schultz later made clear she thinks he is, why would you want to move his testimony to executive session? Why wouldn't you want the American people to see what a despicable human being he is, what an anti-Semite he is? And I say this as a Jew. I mean, yes, he said things recently that are potentially not particularly appealing, but He's not a despicable human being, and he had an opportunity and should be given an opportunity to clarify the statement that he made. Putting that aside for the moment, you'd want him public front and center if you really thought he was despicable because you'd want the nation to see that. No, she wanted and the Democrats wanted it in executive session because they did not want the American people to hear what Robert F. Kennedy and the other witnesses had to say about government interference and collusion with social media companies and the pressure that the government put on the social media companies to censor speech, to interfere with an election, to make sure that a president was impeached, to make sure that people who had anything to say about COVID or the vaccines or alternative therapies were silenced if what they had to say did not comply with the official narrative. That's why she wanted it. That's why the Democrats wanted it in executive session. One other Congresswoman, her name is Plackett. and she's from the Virgin Islands, and I believe she's a non-voting member of the House. She, too, wanted it in executive session. And she claimed that that would still give him an opportunity to testify, but it wouldn't give him a megaphone, end quote. No, it isn't a megaphone she wouldn't want him to have. She didn't want the public, just like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, to hear him. And she did something, and so did the other Democrats who were asking questions from the House House Judiciary Subcommittee do. Every chance they got, they brought up Donald Trump's name. Why was Donald Trump in the middle of a current House Judiciary Subcommittee investigation into the weaponization of the federal government. They do it because they know that as long as they can give the mainstream media some soundbite that has to do with Donald Trump, they'll run with it. And they won't run with the substance of what they ought to be running with. It is absolutely shameful. Congresswoman Sanchez went on to say that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is not scientifically educated or experienced enough to discuss vaccines. Let me tell you, as an attorney who knows what it takes to cross-examine an expert witness, and I mentioned this in a prior podcast, if you want to succeed in a courtroom in cross-examining an expert, you better know as much about that specialty as that expert does, or darn close. Because if you don't, that expert will walk all over you. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is known for the study and the detail and the depth to which he has educated himself in the subjects of both cleaning up the Hudson River in terms of pollution of our waters, in terms of vaccine efficacy. Again, Sanchez kept bringing up Trump, 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 January 6th, January 6th. What was it doing in this hearing? And Representative Garcia, she was nasty. She said falsehoods. She made personal attacks. And she kept talking about MAGA Republicans in the middle of a weaponization of the federal government hearing. If you watch these two hearings as I did You can't walk away with any conclusion other than, if you're coming at it honestly, that the Democrats truly, those in the House and the Senate, do not care about the truth. They do not care about the facts. They don't want to get to the bottom of issues. They want to make sure of two things, that Donald Trump is never again in the White House and that they, the Democrat Party, hold on to the power that they have and, if possible, gain more. That's all I can take away, because they have one set of rules for themselves and their witnesses, such as retired Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vinman, versus Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, the two honorable men who testified this week As to the obstruction of the investigation into Hunter Biden, when there are two sets of requirements, when there are two standards, even evidentiary standards, depending on your political affiliation, then it has nothing to do with justice and it has nothing to do with integrity. It has to do with greed and power. And that's where the Democratic Party is. And I think that in the last couple days, at least two Democrats have switched parties. One in Georgia, an incredibly brave representative, legislative uh, member of the Georgia House, and a 32-year Democratic member of the New York State Legislature, and they have switched for the same reason. The former is black, the latter is white, and they have both switched because they say the Democratic Party has lost its way and that it does not care about the values and the principles that it used to and that they can no longer in good conscience be members of that party. It's telling you something. I said to someone yesterday, there's blood in the water, And what I mean by that is with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and what's happening with the testimony that has been before both Comer and Jim Jordan's committees in the Republican House, we are beginning to see the crumbling of the perverse and maniacal power base that has been the Democratic governing body going back to 2008 When Barack Obama first took office, there's blood in the water. Only I'd say it's a good thing. It's a good thing because what needs to bleed out right in front of us is the Democratic Party and the destruction that they have brought and are trying to continue to bring to the greatest nation that has ever existed on this planet. Stay tuned, everyone. The best is yet to come. I'm Carol Gold. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again a week from this Sunday. And until then, by all means, think for yourself. To bleed out right in front of us is the Democratic Party and the destruction that they have brought and are trying to continue to bring to the greatest nation that has ever existed on this planet. Stay tuned, everyone. The best is yet to come. I'm Carol Gold. Thank you for listening. I'll be back here again a week from this Sunday. And until then, by all means, think for yourself.
0: Carol thanks you for spending your valuable time with her. It is her mission to empower you to remember how smart and capable you are. Be sure to check out Carol's website, carolgold.com. That's Carol with an E, gold.com please leave a review and subscribe here so you'll be alerted to Carol's next podcast. Until then, above all else, remember, it's time to think for yourself.